perception is everything, isn't it? Perception is everything. Um, Self-awareness is everything. And one of the things that happens in self-awareness is that you come to a point on the spiritual path where you say, oh my God, it's me. It was never them. It's me. I'm the problem. Now, that doesn't mean that they're innocent. It doesn't mean that life isn't tough, that there isn't unfairness and a lack of morality. What you realize, though, is that that is never going to change. There is no morality in nature. There's no such thing as right and wrong. Things just are. And we add the morality, and that's the source of all the suffering in our lives. Well, hello, friends of Bill W. and other friends. You have landed on Sober Speak. My name is John M. I am an alcoholic, and we are glad you're all here, especially newcomers. Newcomers, that is, both to recovery as a whole and newcomers to this podcast. Sober Speak is a podcast about recovery centered around the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. My job here on Sober Speak is simple. My job is to provide a platform to the amazing stories of recovery all around us. Consider Sober Speak, if you will, your meeting between meetings. Please remember, we do not speak for AA or any 12-step community. We represent only ourselves. We are here to share our experience, strength, and hope with those who wish to come along for the ride Take what you want and leave the rest at the curb for the trash man to pick up. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año y feliz Navidad. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of me heart. Oh, tis the season. I think I've been waiting to sing that all year. Anyway, greetings from Studio AA Deep in the Heart of Texas. That was our old friend, Mr. Bill C. I'm not calling him old. He's been on the program many times here. Uh, Anyway, that was uh, Bill C. That was his voice that you heard at at the beginning of this episode, and you are going to hear, oh, just so much more from him in un momento, but first things first, uh, this here episode is, well, it's made possible by... Alan, and Renee, and Laura, and Tim, what, you may ask, did these aforementioned people do? Well, Alan, and Renee, and Laura, and Tim went to our web, went to our humble little website, www.soberspeak.com. They clicked on the little yellow donate tab, and they made, you guessed it, a contribution. So thank you so much. Alan and Renee and Laura and Tim, this here episode is coming right out to youans. Feeling a little uh, restless, irritable, 
and discontent, is it discontent or discontented in the big book? I can't remember right now. But anyway, feel a little bit of, uh, are you feeling restless, irritable, and discontent? I've heard some people call that the RIDS, the R-I-D. Well, if you are, you have landed on the right podcast. We are here to help you with those restless, irritable, and discontented feelings that you have. And uh, I'm so glad that you have found us. I, John M., just another bozo on the bus, will be the chairperson for this here meeting between meetings. And I am truly honored and privileged to serve all of you listening in. Do you know that this particular podcast is recommended by four out of five 12-step sponsors? <laughs> it's not. Uh, I just completely made that up. But if we did do a, maybe we should do, maybe I should send something to the general services office in New York and ask them if they could send out some sort of memo regarding my podcast and ask them if they recommend it. What do you think the chances are they'll do that? Mm, I'd say slim to none and slim just less town. Anyway, so we are here. What else to get you caught up on this week? I don't think anything. And you're probably thinking to yourself, good, John, just get on to Mr. Bill C. Well, we will do that. Here we go. Mr. Bill C. is back on the program here again on this here episode number 323. Bill C. is from Torrance, California, and we are calling this particular episode Perception is everything. We'll catch up with Bill a little bit about what's been going on since uh, the last time we spoke. Gosh, it's been a, over a year, I'm sure. We just talk about online meetings and how that has changed Alcoholics Anonymous and mainly for the better. We talk about anonymity, uh, changes in the fellowship over the last year, uh, last few years, and uh, how all of us have attempted to navigate those changes. We talk about Bill. He talks about getting older in Alcoholics Anonymous and what that means to him and the fears that that brings about. Uh, and we talk about how we are never too old to work the steps and there are no, quote, levels in Alcoholics Anonymous. So everybody, please, uh, help me to welcome, without further ado, Mr. Bill C., and we will have plenty of oh, listener feedback at the end of this here episode. Enjoy, Bill. Oh, and I'm sorry before we get to Bill. One thing I forgot to add is that we're going to have another big shindig. And when you say shindig, John, <clears throat> M., what do you mean? Well, we have a Sober Speak Live event coming up on January 12th. That is a Friday night at 6.30 p.m. here in the North Texas area in uh, uh, Frisco, Texas. So we're going to have it at the Grace Avenue United Methodist Church. And if you need info on that or you know the address or whatever first of all i'll be sending out some uh, uh emails and if you're not on the email list go ahead and write me at john j-o-h-n at soberspeak.com and we will get you on the email list and uh the guest the featured guests that evening are going to be cliff g of AA and Lori G of al from oklahoma city oklahoma 
And um, what else do I need to tell you? Oh, child care will be provided. Um, that's kind of a cool thing if you're in the area. And uh, But we want to get lots of Al-Anons out to the... We, we always get the alcoholics, but I want to see lots of Al- Al-Anons and, and people who are maybe not even in the program, right? Just kind of an exposure to Alcoholics Anonymous. Exposure in the right way. But anyway, if you want to know more about the event, go to Soberspeak.com and click on the Events tab, and you will see all of it. And this particular event is sponsored by the Frisco Fourth Dimension Group. Uh, we meet on Saturdays uh, at noon uh, at the same church where um, we're going to have this event at the Grace Avenue United Methodist Church. If you ever want to, to join us, it'll start at 6.30 p.m. It's going to last two hours. And the title, uh, or I guess you call it a title. Yeah, the title of the event is The Family afterwards. So uh, it's going to be Cliff and Lori talking about the family afterward. Obviously that's a, well, some of you may not know that that is a chapter from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. But anyway, let me go ahead and say one more time again, without further ado, here is Mr. Cliff G. And if you have any questions on what I just talked about earlier, once again, just email me at john, J-O-H-N at soberspeak.com and we will get you all the deets as the kids say. Okay, everybody. So we are sitting here. Oh, I've been looking forward to this one again (laughs) with the one, the only Mr. Bill C. It's been quite a while. I had over a year, maybe two years. I don't know since we have had Mr. Bill C. on. So Bill C., please, if you would go ahead, introduce yourself, give uh, give your sobriety date if you wish, and tell people what beautiful part of the country you live in, please. Hey, everybody. I'm Bill. I'm an alcoholic, and I'm sober since March the 27th, 1985, in the beautiful suburb of Los Angeles called Torrance, California, right mm-hmm. near the ocean. And you have home- no weather here. It's always mild and sunny. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the place where you want to be a weatherman, right? Or a weather woman. Uh, and uh, that home group of yours is? The Hermosa Beach Men's Stag. And has that been around since you have been sober? I've been going there 38 years. I think it formed sometime in the late 40s, early 50s. Wow. It's an old meeting, yeah. And it's a once a week, once a week meeting. Is that right? Once a week. It's at eight thirty at night on a Monday, and it's an hour and a half with no break. It's a real AA meeting. <laughs> You're doing it the right way there. Yes, <laughs> we're correct there. <laughs> and as you know, we always say a little prayer before uh, we start. And today, I just said a little prayer, and then you ended it with. Tell them what you ended it with. God, help me to... Please help me to remember to turn the microphone on next time. (laughs) Because we were having all sorts of technical difficulties trying to figure out why Bill's mic wouldn't work right. And and one time, I'll never forget this, we said a very similar prayer. I said it, and you ended it up and you said, and this time, God... We really mean it. We really mean it, yes. Because sometimes we don't really mean it. <laughs> so so we've been trying to get together here and uh, 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 
record with each other for, I, I don't know, a, a couple, three months, something like that. Your schedule was off. My schedule was off. It just never, we were never able to do it. But finally, we were able to get some time uh, on a Saturday here to uh, sit down and make this recording. But one of the reasons uh, we haven't been able to record, record as, uh, as much, and uh, for you at least, is you've been traveling a lot, right? Yeah. Okay, so you, I, I believe you've been going out to... Okay, so take me from kind of, okay, there's a couple things I want to talk about. Number one is your, um, I, I know that you are, you're high risk where COVID was concerned. So you were really, really locked down during the, uh, during the height of the pandemic, but then things kind of loosened up uh, and then you started to travel and you've been traveling more. And when I say travel, um, traveling with AA and going to conferences and all that sort of stuff is what I meant. So take me through that period, that progression, how that played out and you're, you're back in the scene more and just talk to me about that. Well, in February of 2017, I had a liver transplant. So I take anti-rejection medication, so I have a suppressed immune system. So I, And I'm old. I just turned 76, so I'm a prime candidate to get knocked off. So I really sequestered myself, you know, and I've been vaccinated six times, you know. So I, I'm a true believer in uh, – I grew up in the 50s when we got vaccinated for everything. Right. So, uh, you know, all this fear of vaccination, I, I really – I just don't get it. But anyway, just in my case, I've been vaccinated, and I really hibernated. I stayed away. I didn't want to get sick. I didn't want to die. And, uh, and then when everything loosened up and, and I thought, you know, it's time to get back out there. I can't hide forever. And so I started traveling. I started saying yes to some inv in invitations and, and I would wear mask on the airplane, you know, try to burn, try to be careful. And then you show up at the AA event, you just start slobbering all over right. people. You just get, it's like ridiculous, you know, it's <laughs> like, and I just, I was many times I've said, when I talk, I said, but it's sure good to be here. I hope I don't die. You know, it's like. At some point, you just, you know, and then finally, at the end of the last year, I actually caught it anyway. Ah. And, uh, and, but it wasn't bad. I, I, and I, and I, I got over that. And, and I'll tell you something. It, it's, uh, we've talked about this before, but I think the Zoom thing has given the world more access to AA than it's ever had. I think it's been a net positive thing, but it's sure good being back live, being with everybody. You know, I mean, I, but my home group now is a hybrid meeting. We we actually have two big screen TVs and a and a hip microphone in the middle of the room. And we've got like 20, 30 people that are on Zoom that are from around the world. You know, I've been bragging about my home group and they started showing up. Yeah. So when it came back live, we didn't want to lose those people. We got people from New Zealand, Australia, Texas, New York, San Francisco, you know, Seattle that come to the meeting regularly, New Jersey. So, and they okay, share, so, they participate, you know, so, it's like it's. So while we're on this subject, I know there's going to be people listening right now going, I'd like to go to that meeting. How, how would they be able to join uh, uh, remotely or. or well, you I'm can, you can contact me, you know, my, uh, I'm Bill C at kitchen table, AA.com. Uh, my phone number is 310-529-2123. You know, if you're really interested, you can text me or something. I'll give you the link. You can show up. You know, we'd appreciate it if you'd be a man, you know, and I know that's kind of a debatable subject these days, but 
you know, it's a men's meeting, and uh, but you're more than welcome. If you'd like to come, reach out to me, and I'll give you the Zoom info. Perfect. So I so I kind of interrupted the flow of what you were saying. There. So you said Zoom, the net net of it has been a good thing. Uh, yeah. And uh, it, did, was there anything else you wanted to say on that before I move well, on? Well, I think that, you know, I've traveled the world a lot in Alcoholics Anonymous over the years, you know, a lot. And I've been around a lot of different places and and done conferences and workshops and retreats and my sponsor and I and several other guys, not just me. I mean, it's a lot of people that go out there and, and people invite us to come. And in a lot of areas, you have to realize that most of the world doesn't have speaker meetings. You know, the, the average AA meeting is an hour long and it's, there's a leader that leads for five or 10 minutes and then it's participation. That, that's the normal AA meeting. Hmm. And when I got sober in 85, in, raised in Southern California where there's a lot of speaker meetings, and sometime later I realized that didn't exist on the East Coast of the United States. There were not a lot of speaker meetings. And in comparison, there's still not as many as there are on the West Coast. I don't know why that is. It's just AA grew up on the West Coast. It grew up on speaker meetings. And there's always been a lot of speaker meetings. And I got raised uh, going to a men's stag, which is not a speaker meeting. I went to a book study. I went to, but there was always a big speaker meeting on Saturday night, one on Wednesday night, and they were all over LA. It's LA is very populated. So I grew up listening to people tell the whole story. And you would get to hear different varieties of sobriety, different ways that AA works. In one case, you'd hear a guy tell a, a 30-minute drunkalogue and then 10 minutes of getting sober and his life just got better. Then another time you'd hear a guy talking about how to work the steps, you know, I mean, somebody that's a real big book dude, right? <laughs> yeah. So you'd get to hear this variation of involvement in AA and there's lots of different doorways and different approaches. But I grew up listening to that. The rest of the world hasn't heard that. Mm. Now, in large parts of the world, the big book is not a big deal. I mean, the uh, sponsorship is not a big deal. People just get together and they kind of go to their meetings together and hang on to each other and don't drink, you know, and talk about how their day went. Now, you can argue about that, whether that's good or not, but that's the way it is a lot in a lot of areas. Now, the Zoom thing happens, right? I mean, the the online thing. We shouldn't talk about Zoom specifically. There's many different forms of right. it. At first, it was FaceTime. You know, I mean, it was the different technology. But the virtual meeting, the virtual thing, you know, that that whole thing, it hits. And everybody, no, there's no more meetings anywhere in the world, right? People are forced to get on this thing. And what happens? They start hearing this stuff. You know, you, all of a sudden now there's people like, here's an example. This is what happened to me specifically and a lot of other guys that I know. This guy reaches out to me from Ireland. He, he, and he, he's a techie guy. So he's been listening to talks and he's been up on recovery speakers, XA speakers, the different sources. And over the years, he's been sober a while. He's listening to this stuff. So he's in Dublin, just outside of Dublin. He has a little a group meeting that he goes to about 30, 40 people and he talks them into, having a speaker show up now that they're on Zoom, right? Because they're shut down too. He asked me, would you come and speak at my little meeting? I've conned him in and let me have a speaker once a month. Well, sure. So I go and I give my talk on Zoom, right? 
other people signed up for that. And then a guy calls me from Scotland, a guy, you know, people hear that, right? So a year later, this guy starts this meeting. It's called Middle of the Bed. You might want to look it up. It's a, it's a big deal now. It's, it's got a meeting every day. Now, I show up on that to hear one of my buddies speak, and there's 500 people on this thing. <laughs> 500 people. Right. He had a celebrity sober guy one time. It maxed out at 1,000. So people show up to this, right? And they hear this. They go, my goodness, what's this? Right. Somebody told their whole story for 45 minutes. I've never heard that before. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's not like I don't go to speaker meetings. They don't have speaker meetings. It doesn't exist. This this is a new thing. And this has spread like wildfire around the world. I mean, I started doing workshops in Tehran. For years since that, I, I did a workshop once a month in Moscow for a small group going through the book and working the steps. This is like a new thing. Yeah. And it's and after a while. There was so much going on, I had to start saying no. I mean, I can't listen to myself talk six days a week. I mean, it's like, but it, it blossomed like that. It got big. The other thing that's happened, I think, that's been a very big plus. In the United States, let's say there's 100 or 150 what's called circuit speakers, right? Some, you know, There's a lot of ones people know, and then there's, a, there's a, other people that do it maybe two or three times a year, but there's about that many. And you, and you get to where you know everybody. You know them, right? Mm -hmm. On Zoom, you'll see a flyer or on Facebook or in a closed group. You'll see a flyer for a conference, and I don't know any of the speakers on er, there. Right. So now there's a whole bunch of people that have never had the opportunity to tell their story to a group of people that are now doing it virtually online. I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, th this has opened the door to AA. And the other thing I think that maybe is somewhat controversial, but it shouldn't be, because this is just my experience and the experience of many other people. There's a type of sobriety and step work that comes out of the United States that doesn't exist anywhere else, right? But it does now. Mm -hmm. You know, when this thing started off, who do they ask? Well, they ask me, they ask so on, you know, names that, you know, people that you've been speaking around and been sober a long time. And what do we talk about? We certainly tell our story, but the sober story is more interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, what happens after you stop drinking, when you work the steps, and what are the effect by that? I mean, there's a, there's a philosophy about that. There's different approaches, as you and I know. There's a real hard-line kind of right-wing approach, how you work the steps. Then there's the left-wing, more psychotherapeutic type, and there's striations in between. But it's all centered around the 12 steps. And that has exploded around the world. And it comes out of here, right? You don't hear this in England and France. and play. You don't, you don't hear it. You do now, though, you know. I think that's a real positive thing. Now, you can agree with it or not and take it or leave it, but at least it's available. Yeah. You know, I can't tell you the number of times people have come back to me and said, that was really something. I've never heard that before. 
right? And they're not talking about me. They're talking about the content, right? you know? And when I grew up in Southern California, it's amazing to me that you could avoid hearing that. But if you've grown up and gotten sober, say, in, in England somewhere, in the outskirts of London, you won't hear it. Right. Right. You know? I've gone over there and talked to people come up to me and say, what's all this sponsorship thing? What's the big deal about that? You know? You know? And some people say, I've never heard of the four-column inventory. Right. How could you not have ever heard that? <laughs> the only way that you could not do that is you've never read the book, right? Right. Now, I'm not saying you have to be a book thumper, but it would help if you read it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so this is just my opinions, but it's my experience. And I think this has been a net positive thing. I mean, the reception of this has been very, very positive. I mean, it's not a negative thing. There's not a lot of arguments. You know, for example, I just got back from New Zealand and Australia. Four years ago, I was there. And we were supposed to come back, but the pandemic hit. So this is, this is our return trip, right? So it was like old home week. It was really cool. And there was a bunch of speakers. It's a state line format where all the speakers speak on a different step, right? So this is in Auckland, New Zealand, and in Sydney, Australia. The people that put on these conferences some years ago, um, they're trying to bring this kind of thing to their area. You know, the, the, they don't, a lot of places don't have conferences. They don't have get togethers like we do all over the country here. They don't have that in those places. And they didn't have that in New Zealand or Australia. So these guys got together to put these two conferences on in link with each other, you know, to help finance operations to get the thing going and bring people from outlying areas to come and talk about this stuff. And they're really working hard on getting registration. The resistance is, why are you doing this? We have local people that can talk here. Why are you bringing these people from outside? You know, which is a good argument. I mean, why are you doing it? The reason is they want to hear this kind of thing, this talk about recovery and this process of the steps, more in-depth, less drunk-a-log, more sober-log, right? Mm -hmm. What happens in sobriety? Have you been sober for a while and things aren't going well? What do you do? That kind of thing. You know, that, that's what they're trying to do. Now, as this has taken off, now registration is beginning to increase. The resistance against it, it's like anything else. You have a local ethic. Why are you bringing these supposedly experts from the states? You know, like they don't like that. And I understand that. I mean, I, I get it. But that's what's going on. And now this time we come back and the level of enthusiasm has really increased. And the conversation that you have with people has changed. You know, you can see this is a positive thing. Mm -hmm. so. So, I have, so in terms of changes in the fellowship, right? I, I know you just, you just talked about some of those, but is there anything else that comes to mind for you in terms of what has changed and what sort of changes you have seen take place or what changes you think are coming in the fellowship besides the online community? Well, I think because of the online thing, there's been, we've had to address the issue of anonymity more closely and has that changed? And what do you mean by that? Um, 
An example would be that you're, you're on an online meeting and people are using their first and last name on their little square. And people think, think that you should not do that because you're in a public forum. The arguments against that is this is not a public forum. This is an AA meeting. Just like if I used my last name in an AA meeting live, that would not be an anonymity break. Mm-hmm. Some people think it is because they don't understand what anonymity is. It's about at the level of the public radio, you know, t- television, saying I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous in a public environment. Well, when you're in an AA meeting, that's not public, is it? It's an AA meeting. Well, the same is true when you're on an online meeting. I don't think any difference. Mm-hmm. So I put my last name on my little square. So if you want to have a conversation about that, we can talk about it. <laughs> okay. Well, people could come in and and record that unbeknownst to us. Well, people could do the same thing in a live meeting, couldn't they? That's true. You know, they could do it's no difference. So we've had to address that. And I get it. I mean, it's a concern. It's a concern. You used to have Zoom bombers and stuff. You don't have that too much anymore now. The technology's improved. But this is not going away. So it's caused us to and this is same is true back in New York. You know, in, in 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 headquarters, if you will, having to address this. Right now, there's a big discussion where former delegates and different people are getting together, talking about having some kind of uh, um, category uh, in the general service structure for the online situation. There's different discussions of how to do that. Should there be a separate area or district or something? You know, because this is not going away, mm-hmm. nor should it. No, and uh, I have, uh, uh, I don't want to say struggled with it, um, like here on this podcast, right? I consider it internet radio is really is what it comes down to. Uh, and I don't police people anymore. I used to tell that if they gave their last name, I would bleep it out. But now, you know, I tell people, hey, this is internet radio. You let your conscience be your guide. Uh, and I, I too, Bill, in meetings here where I am from, I always use my last name. But I don't when I get on here just out of respect for the, the tradition, as you know, and like you said, it's not going away. Uh, and, and there are other podcasts that they, you know, they're, they use their images, their last name. And I, you know, I, I don't, that's fine with me. I don't care. They could do what they want. I just try to have to walk to the beat of my, uh, dr- own drummer or higher power, I should say. Well, we talked about that when you first asked me to do this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you talked about earlier, you said, uh, you know, John, I'm, I'm getting older. I'm 76. So what? talk to me a little bit about, about getting older in Alcoholics Anonymous, what that's meant to you, what, you know, what, what you're going through now. Well, I think that well, just on a personal level, and, and I've talked to this about some of my peers, the old dudes that are speaker dudes in AA and dudettes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's not just men. I have to remember that. It's not an old boys network, you know, it's an old girls network too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but there's something interesting about being sober a long time. And, and what happens when that happens is you get older. And as you get older, 
the issues change. You know, I'm, I'm in the last section of my life, and that's just reality. Not whining about it, it's just the way it is. And there's concerns about that. You know, I, I'm married to a sober woman. We've been married. We've been together over 30 years. And, and uh, you know, I have fears. I, what if something happens to her? I don't want to go through the pain of that. I, I don't want to. So I made a deal with her. I'm going first. Damn it. You know, and, uh, but there's fears and concerns. I have fears and concerns. Now, you can get to a place where you think that you've transcended certain things. Like I've, I've done the steps a bunch. I take people through the steps. So I don't necessarily have to do it myself. Now, you don't say that out loud, but that's kind of how you're behaving, you know? And, I'm a meditator, and one of the things I've learned in meditation is that these thoughts that come into my head aren't necessarily who I am. I don't have to go where these thoughts want to take me. I can come back to the present moment. I'm a human being, so these thoughts are never going to go away, but I think the sense of self diminishes over time. I become more interested in you than I am in myself, but the sense of self never goes away. Now, what I can do is what somebody said in a meeting the other night is hiding out in the present moment, which I thought was a great way to say it. And I think what I've been doing is like, I've just been ignoring these thoughts. You know, I don't go with them. I just come back to the present and that works up to a point, you know, uh, but pretty soon I'm just kind of hiding out these fears and concerns I have about getting older my relationships and stuff, they're real. And at some point, I have to really look at them and deal with it. Now, how do you do that? Well, the 12 steps is a really good way to do that, you know. <laughs> so at some point, I have to, to not think that I'm working the steps because I'm guiding you through them. At some point, Bill has to sit down and do his own inventory and do his own fifth step and, and really look at the issues in my life. Now, I will tell you that I really don't have any resentments. And I think there might be some truth to that. I think I've, things have changed in my life. I don't, I don't carry a lot around a lot of anger and resentment, you know. Doesn't mean I don't have conflict, but it doesn't really affect me that much anymore. Like, I don't have the rage I used to have. But I certainly have fears. I have fears, and I can couch them into, well, I'm not really frightened. You know, I mean, they come up and then they pass. Eh, I have fears, right? And I think what I've been doing is not acknowledging that. And one of the ways I can begin changing that is like sitting here talking to you about it or people, the friends of mine that come over in the backyard and talk about what's really going on, expose them to the light of day. Well, even that's not enough. I need to write them down and really look at it and get some guidance from someone else. I've had the same sponsor for 38 years. Maybe I should use him, right? <laughs> Maybe that would be good. Yeah. We've, we've, him and I have had this conversation. You know, it's like, you know, so I put together a group. We're going to go use this Stratford men's group format that Bill Shaberg put together, the guy that wrote the writing of the big book. 
and uh, and we're going to do it as a group. And these are people that have been sober for a while, not new people. So, yeah. and I'm not the leader of the group. We're going to do this together, and we're all going to do an inventory, and we're all going to, you know, and uh, and and so that's what's really going on with me right now is that it's time for Guru Bill C to work the steps himself and not just talk about it, but do it. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's been a while. Yeah, I understand that. You, you know, in fact. I've been going through some of that myself lately with some fears, right? Uh, and you and I wanted to talk to you about, okay, first of all, you send out, it's been a while since I talked about this, but you send out a daily email and for people that are interested in having that daily email sent to them, they should write you at? Bill C at kitchen table AA. Dot com, and you will get them on that list. The I think sure. the only thing that you ask uh, in return is you say, you know, where are you from? You like to know kind of where people. I like are. to know the city and the state, so I can because I can categorize or, it by areas and see or, who's what. Yeah. yeah, or country, right? Um, mm-hmm. but country, yeah. One of the the emails that you sent out. It, this is actually on July twelfth. Okay, and. You know how it is. It's just like sometimes when people are in a particular state where I am in a particular state uh, and things are, and I have fears going on inside me, you never know exactly how things are going to uh, impact me. But this was one of them. First of all, uh, it said the first thing in the the email was, and and, and explain to people what the email is. It's usually three quotes, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, One is usually AA, and then the two, the other two are, how would you describe it? Well, it's very eclectic. Yes, it is. You know, there'll be an AA quote and then a quote from Woody Allen. <laughs> so, right. You know, it's like, and uh, this was really put together by my friend uh, Ed Moore back in the Netherlands. I've been sending it out since around 2002. And uh, and so a lot of them that are going out now were ones that were put together back in 2015. So yeah. I'm like cycling back through it. But yeah, it's it's philosophers and actors and singers and just a little bit of everything. Yeah. And then sometimes you'll say from in the rooms or something like something yeah. that, you, that that was heard in the rooms. So. Well, some of the people that are in my group, you know, right. <laughs> weird stuff, you know? Uh, and so, uh, so the first thing that was on here was God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Obviously, the the serenity prayer. But the next one was from, and I forgot about how this book really meant to, meant a lot to me when I first got sober. You don't hear about it as much anymore, but it was M. M. Scott Peck, and uh, it says life is difficult. This is a great truth, one of the greatest truths. Uh, it is a great truth because once we truly see this truth, we transcend it. Once we truly know that life is difficult, once we truly understand and accept it, then life is no longer difficult. Because once it is accepted, the fact that life is difficult no longer matters. Mm-hmm. Give me your thoughts on that. Well, number one, I think Scott Peck was brilliant. He gave one of the greatest, best talks about Alcoholics Anonymous I've ever heard, and he's not an AA. 
what matter of fact, in the beginning of this talk that he gave, he said, uh, first off, I to tell you, I, I can't stop smoking. So whatever I say about addiction doesn't really mean a damn thing, does it? <laughs> Something like that is great, a great opening line, you know, and, uh, and I think that perception is everything, isn't it? Perception is everything. Um, mm. Self-awareness is everything. And one of the things that happens in self-awareness is that you come to a point on the spiritual path where you say, oh my God, it's me. It was never them. It's me. I'm the problem. Now, that doesn't mean that they're innocent. It doesn't mean that life isn't tough, that there isn't unfairness and a lack of morality. What you realize, though, is that that is never going to change. There is no morality in nature. There's no such thing as right and wrong. Things just are. And we add the morality, and that's the source of all the suffering in our lives. You know, the way I live my life, and this is, I think, what Peck is talking about, is that what, evidently what I believe is that things outside myself need to be different in order for me to be okay. And they don't change, and I suffer, mm -hmm. right? So once you realize that, once your perception changes, you think, you look out there and this is just the way things are. The suffering stops. The hardness of life doesn't stop, but the suffering stops. Mm -hmm. I stop the blaming, and I realize, more importantly, none of it is personal. It feels like it's all happening to me, and that simply isn't true. It's just happening. It's not focused on me. It's not happening to me. I just happen to be in the blast radius of what's going on, but it's not personal, right? And I think that's what he's talking about. I mean, it's like you can have a hard life, and a lot of people have hard lives. A guy that I sponsor in New Zealand, Mahesh, he's from Indian extraction. His family is originally from India. And his father took all of them, him and Mahesh's children and stuff, and they went and they did a tour of the slums in uh, Calcutta. You can actually do a tour, right? Hmm. He says it was one of the most eye-opening experiences he's ever had because people have created a life for themselves in the midst of the trash pile that they live in. There's industry going on. Little stores have been set up, and they're – you know, there's a whole work of separating the plastic bottles from the trash. Kids are running around playing, and people are working. And he took his children with him, his younger children, you know, to, to have this life experience, and he had a major experience. So if you don't like living in the trash, it's going to be really miserable if you're focused on that. If you accept the fact that this is where I live, then you make do. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a middle-class guy in Southern California. What am I complaining about ever, <laughs> ever, really? You know, But we do, though, don't we? Yeah, we find something to complain about. We, we find certain aspects of our life unacceptable. That's why we suffer. 
It's not because the aspects of our life are the way they are. It's because we find them unacceptable. And that's a perceptual change. Yeah, That's like, a perception. That, isn't, that doesn't have anything to do with what's going on. I've just determined that it's not good. Right? Yeah, like uh, Dr. Paul used to say, right, uh, if we focus on the uh, solution, the solution gets better. Uh, if we focus on the problem, the problem gets bigger. If we really get how powerless we are, acceptance just happens. Mm -hmm. There's another email that I wanted to bring up. Uh, this was from uh, uh, early October, and uh, it says... There was a couple of quotes in here that I really liked. Uh, the first one was, uh, it's a quote from Alcoholics Anonymous, page 61. And it says, is he not a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if he only manages well? And then at the end of that, and I, I hope I'm not, I hope I have the name right, Brom Roos, uh, uh, it says, he, is that a he, Brom, do you know? I believe so. Uh, Brom says, I'm in the action business. God is in the results business. When I am trying to control the results, I am playing God by trying to do his job. And so the 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 title the subject line of the entire um, email was uh, relax. And, and there's another longer one from Marianne Williamson. But I, I mean, you try to kind of categorize these various quotes, uh, you know, best you can to where you know this one's kind of about relaxing. You know, taking it easy. You don't have to manage well. You don't have to do God's job. Uh, just have faith, like Marianne Williamson in here says. So give me your thoughts on that. Well, it's back to the previous one. It's like things are the way they are. And, uh, life is just unfolding right in front of me. It's not unfolding from me. I am not the author of what's going on. Um, there seems to be a cycle of life, just the way things operate. And humans are part of that, yet somehow we think we're above it. We think we need to manage what's happening. I doubt that. Now, I've been in business for a long time, so being the manager is second nature to me. You know, I'm a decision maker, and applying this in my personal life has taken me a long time. That, you know, I, I am not in charge. At best, I can take advantage of what's being presented to me, and the opportunities are always there. There's always something being presented if I'm so focused on what I want that I ignore what's being handed to me, I'm going to miss a lot of opportunities. And that certainly happened a lot of my life. Even in the business world, you know, if I'm trying to put something together, if it's not going together and I try to force it, it's just clearly not meant to be. But I can shove and force it and kind of try to make something out of it if I want. But over the years, just sometimes you get older, you get tired. You know, if it's not coming together, just move on to the next opportunity because they're all out there all the time, right? And I just can't see it because I'm so focused on what I think I want or what the way things should be. So, Bram Roos is talking about the whole God thing. You know, God's running the show. 
Well, that may be true, but really what's more important is the understanding that I am not running the show. Mm. You know, I think that's the beginning, you know? Like one of the things I love about the second step, what I love to say anyway, is you don't have to believe in God. All you really need to know is that you're not God. Mm -hmm. That's an old AA line. I used to hear that, you know, I am not God. That's a really good understanding to have (laughs) because we kind of walk around acting like we are unconsciously, you know, it's like. You, you know, you stand over here and it's, you know, trying to organize, you know, the whole, the whole thing of the third step about the, the, the actor and the play, you know, I used to say the actor wanted to be the director and somebody brought to my attention. No, no, he doesn't want to be the director because if he's the director, he can't be the star of the show. He wants to be everything, <laughs> which when you stop and think about it, that's impossible, right? You can't be everything, you know, yeah. and, and at best what I am in the play is I'm an audience. And if they want me to be in the show, they'll come down and ask me. You know, it's like. <laughs> Bill, it's been great to catch up again. Any kind of parting? Where is there anything going on in your life you want to kind of get out on the airways before we stop? Anything that, you know, you have a lot of people listening to you right now. Anything else you want to say before we wrap it up here? I think the thing that just for me to hear it is that we're never too old or too sober or too advanced to work the steps. We know that they work. And sometimes some of us older members can get caught in a rut where we're talking about it all the time and we're not really doing it. And where I am right now, I need to do it. And I know it works. I've watched it work for a long, long time, and I've watched it work in you, and I've watched it work in me, and I wouldn't lose, there, (laughs) I joke about this, but there are no levels to sobriety, and sometimes I fall victim to think that I'm up in level three, and what level three is, is when you realize there's no goddamn levels, (laughs) it's like, <laughs> Go to work, Bill. Do the work the steps. It'll help. It'll help. And uh and the other last thought is some people think that Alcoholics Anonymous has lost its edge. I think we're as alive and as vibrant and as effective as we've ever been. Ooh. This is the best AA I've ever seen in the thirty-eight years I've been around. So Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah, amen. I, I thank you, John. Uh, I am with you on that. And the one thing that I, I I would be remiss not talking about just here, real quick, before we wrap this up, and then I you came down to a conference recently. It was in Texas, and and I and it was only like an hour and a half from me, and I wanted to make it, but I couldn't because oh, we were having a family vacation. But I know during that conference, Charlie P was a. Uh, uh, honored uh, Charlie Parker. I can say his name now. He passed. Yeah, Texas man to man. Yeah, Texas man to man. And I'm sorry I missed Very you there. Emotional. Yeah, yeah. I boy, I would have just loved to be there, both to see you uh, again and also to uh, you know be able to honor Charlie. But uh, gosh, he is surely. I Charlie get emails was a dear about friend him all the time. and a great force in Alcoholics Anonymous. Anybody out there that hasn't heard Charlie P, look yeah. it up. 
Yeah. And and you can hear him. He's all over the place. If you just do a Google search, if you want to listen to him on this podcast, you can. Uh, either, he's got, I don't know, six or so episodes. And uh, just, a, oh, gosh, what a wonderful man. What a, yeah. what a legacy. What a legacy. I got that from you, actually. I think I, I texted you uh, on the day that I learned he had passed, and, and you said something to the effect of, you know, what a legacy that man left. And yeah. I agree. All right, let's ratchet up. Let's rack it, wrap it up with page one sixty four from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It says, "Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to Him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past." And all of that is just what Bill was just talking about, right? Work the steps; it works. Um, Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us, like me and Bill C., as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Once again, Mr. Bill C., thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Amen. Thank you, John, very much. Thank you, Mr. Bill C., once again, and it always Always a pleasure spending time with my friend Bill C. He brings the heat. I'll put it that way. I just love spending time with him, getting his perspective on things, talking about his life, and uh, uh, hopefully you feel the same. If you enjoyed that episode, and who would not, go ahead and pause your device, hit that little share button, and get it on to a friend or family member. That episode may be just what they need today. Now, on to a little bit of uh, listener feedback. And remember, we don't want you sharing your uh, STD or your toothbrush or anything like that, but we would love for you to share that episode. Now on to a little bit of a listener feedback. By the way, uh, if you want to write in John, J-O-H-N-S, overspeak.com, and let me know about either uh, some of your story, keep it succinct if you can, or somebody else who has touched your life and you want to uh, have it read about them and how they have affected your recovery, how they've affected your life. And uh, um, go ahead and write me and uh, we'll get that read on the air here. Um, anyway, I just, I love to hear notes about, oh, and I also like to hear notes about the speakers, right? But if you love Bill C., if you love any of these people, go ahead and write me, let me know about it. It kind of gives me juice, if you will, to keep going on. Tim writes in and Tim says, hi, John, I'm a fairly new listener to Sober Speak. I'm Tim and my sobriety date is... June 10th of 1985. Well, and he says, I live in Southern Maine. So you're a maniac, Tim. Anyway, so a couple things strike me there. Number one, June 10th, and I'm sure you know this, Tim, is the birth date that we use to celebrate Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and also, 1985 is a heck of a long time. And I'm, anyway, I'm glad you're writing in here, Tim. He says, well, you got me today. I was out putting, I was out putting up Christmas baskets at my parents' and grandparents' graves, listening to Sober Speak. 
I listened to Jason J, both parts one and two. Listening to him talk about his grandparents grabbed me right in the heart. Oh, wow, Tim. That is so cool to think about that. Jason J in his story as he's sharing it. And we're broadcasting this on a podcast and you're listening it to it while you're at your grandparents' grave. Wow, we're also connected. So cool. Anyway, says he says, my grandmother, Nana to me, died 43 years ago and not a day goes by that I didn't find myself, that I don't find myself thinking of her and quoting her. She lived a life and she lived a life and sometimes she could be quite salty. <laughs> she was the most important person in my childhood. I was listening to the podcast about Jason's grandmother, how, how Jason's grandmother loved and cared for him. And I found myself sobbing. It really touched me. I'm looking forward to hearing more, John. Thanks for what you're doing, Tim McBee. Well, Tim, God bless you. Thank you for writing in and thank you for telling us what you were doing and talking about Jason Jay and your grandparents. And uh, I think that is just absolutely fantastic. Thanks for writing in. Maya writes in and Maya says, Dear John, despite never meeting you, you have become one of my absolute favorite bozos on the bus. Well, thank you, Maya. I think that's a compliment. Uh, I have a bit over a year and two months over. I have a sponsor. My sponsor has a sponsor. And this week I reached out to my home group sponsorship coordinator, adding my name to the willing to sponsor list. There's a lot of sponsors in that sentence there. She says, I have two young kids and my partner and I work at work up opposite shifts. Getting to meetings every time I need one isn't always possible. Coming out of a 30-day treatment center, I knew that could be a potential problem and I was scared. My first day back home, I found SoberSpeak and it has been my tool and my sobriety kit that I use multiple times a week. You and your guests have saved my sobriety. Oh, and in turn, my life, she says, on more than one occasion. Oh, Maya. Uh, anyway, God bless you. She says, I am eternally grateful for that. Thank you. With so much appreciation, excuse me, with so much gratitude and affection, Maya H. Well, Maya, you can't see me right now. I'm doing a little namaste hands and bending forward toward the laptop. And uh, I just want to tell you that I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. We're all connected together. And uh, your email meant so, so much to me. Thank you. Thank you, Maya. Mike writes in and Mike says, John, you're doing a great service and I respect you for it. This is Mike S. from Maine with 40 years, Mike S. Well, Mike S. from Maine with 40 S. I got two letters from maniacs this week. My goodness, you guys have a lot of alcohol except there in that area. I appreciate your very kind words, Mike, and uh, I respect you too. And congratulations on your 40 years. My goodness, my goodness. That is just absolutely fantastic. Okay, everybody. That right there 
is what is that? That is another episode in the can. Uh, keep coming back. It works if you work it. Um, what else do I say? Oh yeah. Oh, the thing from page one sixty four. Uh, may God bless you and keep you until then. I hope to see you next week. And um, what else? Love you guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Stay sober. Well, for those of you who need to stay sober, I know there's a lot of people out there listening to this that aren't alcoholics, but for those of you who need to stay sober, have a safe and sober week.